0: no you are not alone
1: cuz i'm gonna make this place your home News Radio 840 WHKS good Sunday morning pop with the Louisville real estate show we're here with you till The top of the hour, got a lot of questions and hopefully some answers for everybody who is writing us uh, emails because we're doing our Zoom show. With us today, Brad Lawler, he is owner of the Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. They're ranked number one Home Team Inspection Service, seven, soon to be eight years in a row, we hope. And you can reach Brad and his team, 844-411-TEAM. Also here, Lee Harris, who's legal counsel over at Limestone title and escrow, and you can reach Lee directly, really, on her cell phone, whether you're a uh, consumer or an agent, because she helps a lot of us as agents. 649-7964 is her direct cell phone number. My son, Greg, is out in Vegas attending the Inman Convention. That's a trade convention for real estate. I'm hoping he has a chance to call in uh, in the next half hour or so. So let's uh, start right off the top. And this question goes actually out to both Brad and to Lee. Barney wrote in, he says, my old tenants, he had had a rental, my old tenants poured concrete down the drains with no possible fix. It also got into the sewer system, and I have to pay out to the city for damaging the infrastructure. So we'll start with Brad, certainly angry tenant. This is why a lot of people don't get into rentals but is there anything in your mind as an inspector and knowing the ins and outs of a home that somebody like this poor guy can do to repair what's been done by a renter?
0: You know, I would definitely start with one of the plumbers uh, in town that has the ability to do a, uh, a, main sewer line clean out uh there may be some you know not the scope no no yeah, no 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 yeah. well i don't know the way that the water flows through those pipes it's not going to completely coat it. it's just going to you know fill up the bottom of it it just depends on how far it goes What i would do no i would scope it what i would do is just see whether or not the uh the chain mechanism can spin it out but yeah other than that i mean that's going to be an expensive fix to uh if you got to dig it out but yeah just depends on how much concrete they they flush through the system and how far in the uh, main lines the laterals that it went so that gets to a a retaliation mode for a lot of people
1: how do you get back at them lee let's bring you in as an attorney if you were renting that house or you were the owner of the house and the renter did it to you what would you do
2: well, unfortunately, there's not a lot you can do out of the civil arena. Um, it really sounds, you know, of course, it sounds to everybody like that's criminal. You vandalized someone's property, but the way the courts look at it around here is, well, that's a contract between the two of you. So uh, you have the right to, of course, get all of it fixed, figure out how much it is. If it's over $2,500, you can go to district court. If it's under $2,500, you go to small claims court. That's pretty easy. The small claims court is in and out, you know, quick and dirty. Yeah. Uh, anything above $5,000 uh, $5, goes to circuit court and that's getting into a more serious type of case and that is going to get into attorney's fees and, and discovery and, and that kind of thing. But he certainly do uh, under the landlord tenant law and I'm sure under his lease, any damages that, that the tenant causes to the property above and beyond the security deposit, uh, he's entitled to recoup that.
1: I suspect that's if you can get hold of the refine the rent, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's throwing good money after bad. You know, if you have someone who doesn't have any money, then you can win all day long. But if you can't collect, and the one good thing is if you get a judgment against someone, you might not get paid today, but if they go to buy, you know, judgment lien lasts for 15 years, if they go to buy a house 10 years from now and your judgment lien is in in their uh, record, then every once in a while a, a person will get a call from. Uh, Someone who's doing a closing and say, "Hey, uh, uh, this guy owes you ten thousand dollars plus interest, so you know he has to pay you before he can get clear to buy a house."
1: Yeah, that you hope that would happen. All right, we're going to move on. You'll think we're staying with a theme here, but it's only this next question, and it just ties in uh, for for um, for you, Brad. George's sister has a backup of a sewer. You you see the thing. Um, (laughs) MSD installed a backflow filter valve. Yeah. It had to be manually turned to prevent backups. Mm-hmm. The problem is George's sister has to be uh, home to turn it on. Now, we talked about this um, fairly recently on a recent show, but the question that George says he insists he has heard, because he heard our show when we re- talked about this, he insists that there's some sort of automatic remote control that allows his sister to fire this thing to turn on off the backup flow or turn on the backup flow anything that you've heard on this at all
0: yeah no i think that you know there there we may be looking at a different type of valve that can be automated or he was hearing us talk about maybe a backup sump pump yeah. or something but the problem with those systems that are installed by MSD in those areas of the city that have you know that are flood prone yeah. is that the backflow preventer is is an automatic thing all it is is a flapper you know it's kind of like in your toilet but it's in the it's in the sewer line so when water flows out of a toilet in the sewer line it flows through that valve it opens that little flapper up but when the water is is backing up from outside the house or backing up through the drains because of you know excessive rainfall it pushes against that rubber flapper and then so it seals it up so that the water can't enter back into the into the Mm -hmm. water system in the house the but the the valve that has to be activated it's it's a big heavy PVC, you know, big plastic valve, and that you have to use a key like you would be cutting off your water um, to your house outside. And it's a, it's a, it's a heavy duty valve. They're only activated. I mean, I don't live in one of those areas, don't have the system in my house, but my understanding is you'd only activate it if you've got you know, flooding in the area, MSD would have given her very specific instructions on when to activate that, but it's not (laughs) like every time it rains that you have to activate that valve. Um, I think what I would do is is have them call MSD again and just confirm when that valve has to be activated because I don't think it's very frequently, and I don't know of any automatic system where you can punch a button and it and it turns the valve, because that's almost like an industrial kind of valve, mm-hmm. um, and it would I don't know of anything that uh, you could do it while you were away from the house. Hopefully, George, that helps you. By the way, if
1: you're thinking about selling your home, or even if you're contemplating maybe next year, you'd be shocked at the amount of equity that most homeowners have in their homes right now. They have no clue how much. And if you're thinking you want to buy, but you don't want to sell before you're able to buy your next home, we've got you covered. We have five ways, and many of them help to guarantee you to find your next home before you have to close on your existing home. If you want that or just a free consultation, talk about the process, go to bobsellmyhome.com or call me at three seven six five four eight three. We go back over to Lee with this question. Mark writes in. He says, "I'm a California businessman who listens to us on iHeartRadio. Hi there, Mark, and who owns two lots in Louisville." And Mark says today, which was a little earlier this week, he realized that the lots have been listed for sale 40 days ago without his knowledge. He contacted the listing agent. He told the listing agent. Told him that his client is a land firm and has a contract with the owner of record then he explained mark did that he says i'm the owner. i'm the owner (laughs) and i haven't authorized anyone like this and he went on and the agent removed the listing he says i've been able to get the name and phone numbers of the guy who committed this supposed fraud so he's wondering lee what does he do does he go to the police should he pursue legal action against this party or any parties
2: Yes, I think that's uh, it. it, What they need to do is investigate whether or not uh, someone actually sold this and didn't own it, or if they actually got it on some kind of a land trust and thought they owned it. But somewhere along the line, there has to be a fraudster there, because obviously, if the owner, the actual title owner in the chain of title hasn't signed anything, then somebody is stepping in and trying to sell it from under him. So, yeah, I think the police can uh, investigate that as a fraud case. Do you see a lot of this happening, Lee, throughout our area? Not throughout our area, but I hear stories about that kind of thing from time to time where, you know, someone just gets an idea in their head that, hey, I, here's, a, here's a way I could make some good money on, you know, eat on the cheap and then disappear, you know, yeah. and they'll do things like that or, you know, um, tra- transfer title to someone else's house and then the people the buyers show up and they're like oh well we we live here we we didn't sell the house to you so yeah there's certain yeah. schemes out there
1: we we constantly are getting calls from people who uh, are hearing or seeing on one of the websites that a house that we have listed uh, is for rent and it's not and in fact uh, wave 3 did a, a an interview a story about this last year with me So it happens across the city and across the country. So, be careful if you're thinking about renting and you find a house. Make sure you got to call. Do a little more than just calling the whoever's got the sign advertised to make sure it's actually legitimately being rented, because you could end up losing money. Uh, Let's see. Brad Cameron just read an article in Reader's Digest about home inspectors. She is worried about something called a drive-by inspector who does not thoroughly walk through the house and thoroughly review things like. An addict, crawl space, and, and so Cameron is wondering what's the best way to find a good home inspector.
0: All right. So this is a great question that that Cameron asks because it's you really have to know what you're getting. So the first thing I'm gonna advise anyone is talk to your talk to your friends, talk to your family members, find out who they've done, who's inspected properties for them already. Okay. Those are those are good referrals. The second thing is is you want, want to make sure you know what the home inspector's report Just, looks like. I tell and tell if, if they don't know, uh, if they can't get a copy of an inspection report, if they can't see a sample, then run away from the inspector. The third thing you need to make sure of is you understand what the home inspector standards of practice are that they follow. In the state of Kentucky and the states of Indiana, we follow you know a designated standard of practice that most home inspectors inspectors, well, all home inspectors are supposed to follow. The problem is there are a few out there that, as you say, do the drive-by inspection. And really what they do is they use a disclaimer and they just say, you know, didn't inspect this area, didn't inspect this area. They give the reason why they may just use something as simple as not accessible. So it really, you got to check the reviews. You got to find people that, um, you know, have done a good job for other you know people you know before you you sign up and then the last thing you do is make sure that you look at their agreement make sure you understand what the agreement is that you're signing and for the bonus question is make sure you can get a hold of the inspector because if you're calling the inspector and they don't answer their phone Um, chances are they're busy you know they may be in an attic they may be in a crawl space but if you need a question answered you got to be able to get a hold of them so like you know for home team we've got an office staff so it's easy to get a hold of us because we're answering our phones monday through saturday so you just you got to make sure you can communicate with that that inspector along the way because there's a a time sensitivity to the entire real estate transaction. Things have to move quickly. You got to get it scheduled. You got to get the report back, get the repair request list, you know, over to to um, to the to the sellers. You know, all that has to happen very quickly. So, you know, if you find out you've got an inspector that does a drive-by inspection, you get a substandard inspection report, maybe a few days later, you may be out of time and not able to, um, to fix that, um, you know, within the process. So find somebody that you can verify knows what they're doing out there.
1: Yeah. As agents, buyers and sellers, we're on timelines, not, uh, not possible times, but these are hard and fast deadlines that we need to be able to respond. We're taking a break. Incidentally, if by chance you haven't done this by now, but you'd like to sign up for our bi-monthly newsletter. Every two weeks, we have a new topic. Right now, is uh, the topic is home retirement and asset and how to help maximize that. If you want to sign up free of charge, no obligation. A lot of tips in there. Oh, you can go to com. That's com. As we go to the break, we're thanking for being here with us so far. We'll be here till the top of the hour. Lee Harris, Legal Counsel, Limestone, Title, and Escrow at six four nine seven nine six four. Brad Lawler, owner at Home Team Inspection Service. And you can reach Brad and his team at 844-411-TEAM. You can reach me, Bob Sikola, anytime on my cell on 376-5483. And we're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS.
0: Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage.
1: Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com residential or commercial real estate let the award winning agents at Remax Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today.
2: Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing. Custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and. Greg Ciccola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and put more money in your pocket.
1: News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sikoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you till the top of the hour. Lee Harris Legal Counsel, Limestone Title and Escrow continues with us, 649-7964. Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. You can reach me to help you, no cost, no obligation, come out and we can talk about the process of getting your home on the market and sold. And you can reach me at 376-5483. And my thanks to Barbara Corcoran, who is a mentor? We're going, Greg and I are going to go up to see Barbara at the end of this month uh, for a meeting and some uh, more commercials. So that's all. Well, good.
2: Greg's just going everywhere, isn't
1: he? Yeah, he's in Vegas right now for the Zenman <laughs> conference. So he's he's busy flying around. Yeah. All right. So, Lee, we're seeing a common problem. Brad Beach, glad you're not having this one. <laughs> uh, a common problem developing among moving companies here in Louisville. A letter we received from Liz, she says, what can she do with the moving company that promised to have her out of her house on a specified day and time and ended up not having enough people to move her out on time? And this, of course, is for buyers and sellers. And, And by the way, this is not just an isolated case. We're hearing more and more about this. So the first question is, what are the rules for moving out of a house based on a contract, Lee?
2: Well, typically the contract is going to say in the in the paragraph entitled possession, it's typically going to say possession date of deed, which means that at the closing, you hand the keys over and your house is room clean and the, and the, and the buyers can move right in after closing if they want to. Uh, you can also have, of course, something that is called a post-occupancy agreement where the seller stays on after closing, even though the title now belongs to the buyer, but the seller stays on in order to, uh, you know, Move out, maybe, or they haven't found a new place. But that would be done by contract between buyer and seller, and usually there's some kind of payment, maybe a rent payment, or at least some kind of money on escrow for damages. So if it comes up in the last minute like that because of the movers, and of course it's not just movers; it's restaurants and stores. And I, I went to I went to a store the other day; and they were closing at three thirty because mm-hmm. they didn't have anybody to work. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, it's just a, a common problem with the workforce, but. Uh, you know, if it came up at the last minute and they weren't going to be able to be out, then I would suggest signing a post-occupancy agreement, agreeing upon how much the seller is going to pay the buyer to stay there and look at your contract with the mover. Because if you have a signed contract with the mover, it may in fact give you some kind of damages if they don't get the job done by the time that you agreed to. And
1: that takes us to our next question or part of this question. How do you ensure as the seller or buyer that the moving company lives up to the agreement of moving out at a specific time and day.
2: Yes. Again, I think it don't, don't just call somebody up and say, Hey, come move me, you know, and don't just text or email them, get, get a company that has an actual contract, uh, look at the contract, read it, see what the terms are, see if it's satisfactory to you. If it's not, you know, put in there that you want it done by 5 PM on August 3rd, uh, or otherwise, there's going to be damages or, you know, put what you want. It, it's probably a standard form contract, but it's your contract in this particular instance. So you can uh, amend it as, as you see fit to make sure that you're complying with your con- contract with your buyer.
1: Yeah, this can be uh, touchy to say the least. And I will tell you that I, I don't want to broadcast the names of the two moving companies that we're tracking, but I will tell you if you are concerned You can call me and I am more than happy to tell you the names of the moving companies that we're seeing having problems because I suspect it's staffing. It can't be stupidity where they, they just forgot. I think it's a problem (laughs) with staffing. And and yes, yes, we, we get that. We understand that from a standpoint of a business, but then you need to take uh, action to prevent that from happening because you're dealing with lives, contracts, and a lot of money that could end up coming back on you as the moving company. If so, it happens. All right, let's move uh, forward here, Mister Lawler. Connie preparing to sell her home, and she knows. She wrote us. It's most likely going to be inspected by by a buyer's inspector. By the way, I would say at least ninety five percent of all homes that uh, sell have an inspection done. I would. That's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Well, I, you 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 would hope so. That's the those have yeah. not been the recent numbers. We've got a lot of buyers remorse because people are waiving the inspection. So, really, well, if it's one of our buyers, well, it's not a, yeah, it's not a secolar team. No, (laughs) you're going to do, you're doing an inspection if you're, you do not want to waive.
1: No, I mean, you can, you can waive asking for repairs. Yes. That's our, that's what we say to our clients, Mm -hmm. but do not waive an inspection because the saving of $500 could end up costing you thousands of dollars down the road. Anyway, I get back to this, Connie's question. She asks in an email, uh, what should she, should uh, sh- the inspector, what can she do to make it easier for the inspector to inspect her home? Very, very oh, nice, Connie. Wow. Should she leave a ladder out? Should she move boxes from the walls? Or things
0: like that. So how, where would you go with wow, all that? that? Yeah, Isn't that is that fantastic. Nice? Yeah. We have, oh, I Brett, love, I'm sure you
2: get that all the time. Don't I you?
0: love this. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, the best thing that that uh, a homeowner can do in preparing for the inspector showing up is to make sure that everything is accessible the electrical panel is accessible the the if there's a crawl space that the crawl space is accessible the attic is accessible um, you should not need to leave a ladder the inspector should come with their own equipment to get into those into those attic areas uh, but it's really all about access um, boxes piled up against walls uh, just make us suspect we're not going to move the boxes uh, but we're going to note the fact that there were boxes crammed up against the wall which usually means they're attempting to hide something, at least in the mind of the inspector and the buyer. So anything that they can do to, to declutter uh, and give access to is the thing that we need to, uh, to know. The other thing is the house needs to have water turned on. It needs to have the electricity turned on. It needs to have you know the air conditioning uh, and heating systems working uh, when we get there. Um, the hot water tank or the water heaters—we we need to make sure those are working. You'd be amazed at how many houses, particularly houses that are being flipped or that have been vacant for a short period of time, that the power's cut off and the the listing agents don't necessarily know it. And inspectors show up and there's no utilities on. Those have to be on in order to actually complete an inspection.
1: I'll add one more thing to the list for you on your yeah. behalf. If you have a fireplace that is covered up for to prevent um leaking of air, yeah. whether it's summer or winter, uncover it mm-hmm. because uh, an inspector I used to work with many, many years ago, John Thompson, he passed away a number of years ago, great guy, told me about the story where he, he went there was a covered up uh in a fireplace and he pulled the cover off and a whole thing, bunch of birds came flying yeah. oh, out at him, scared yeah. the bejeebers out of him.
0: Yeah, well, I, better yet, I, I we had an inspection here a few years ago that the entire inside of the uh, top of the fireplace was sealed up with caulk and metal oh. panels, and we pointed that out in the report. We pointed it out to the buyers, but they f- forgot about it, and about four months after they moved in, they lit a fire oh. Oh. In, the, in an enclosed box, and they were upset that we didn't tell them we went no here's the pictures here's your report remember we actually had this conversation well it was actually that one of their teenage kids who started the fire the teenagers were not there and guess mom and dad didn't tell them hey this is an inoperable uh, fireplace
1: uh, so, yeah because yeah, you would think the in, if you've written it up it's a real estate agent's uh, job to identify that that is a problem uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 moving on lee jimmy lives in the highlands a nice area of All our right. community considering buying a home that has a detached garage and in the space above the garage is an area that can be used to run a business. He okay. sent uh, this email in asking, wondering, he says, uh, if he could get into trouble by having a business up there, maybe not his, but maybe someone else advertise and get a business to run up there to get some income from somebody who wants to rent that spot out. So are there any restrictions? For, if it's, I'm going to presume it's it's uh, zoned residential, right? Much of Highland sure. is,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's a zoning issue, and um, if it's not zoned for commercial, it's zoned strictly residential. Then uh, you can't do it. There are certain uh, designations that allow certain businesses, for example, a hair salon or something like that. So the first thing to do is to figure out what the zoning is on the property. Contact planning and design. They're very good. They will answer your questions. They'll look up your property. They'll tell you everything you need to know about what it's zoned and what that allows for. And then if it doesn't allow for that, you can try to get a, a conditional use permit. Uh, you can try to get it rezoned so it's it's got a commercial capacity. But um, the first step before you buy is to uh, find out what, what, if any, businesses can be run legally there now. Because the got planning it. and design situation can take a while and it can be expensive.
1: Which brings up a question I have for this one. I read this question. I said, well, gee, if I'm a real estate agent that's going to list a house and the seller wants me to promote the fact that a business can be run from up on top of the garage, it really, based on what you're telling me, they need to do the due diligence or someone yes. does to make yes. sure that it can, in fact, because otherwise we're putting my license on the line and technically, legally coming after the, the sellers. I expect, right.
2: right. Yes. That That's... Uh, uh, in particular areas of the city, you know, houses are now turning into businesses, for example, in St. Matthews. And yeah. uh, and uh, it's very important for the seller, the listing agent, and the buyer and the buyer's agent to check that. Because, for example, we had one case years ago where the buyers wanted to put a florist. They bought the house not to live in, but to have a florist there. And mm. they get in there and they renovated it and made it into this florist. And boom, the, the, the zoning cops came down on them and said, nope. You don't, you can't, you can only live
1: here in the house as a residence. So, oh yeah, that's a problem. No kidding. Yeah. All right. We've got time for one more question. It goes to you, Brad. Vanessa has a bug problem in her email. She writes about uh, flies inside the house, along with ants. She knows she's got to hire some type of exterminator, but she wonders, are all of them the same? Are, are there questions that she should ask the exterminator that would tell her whether, the they're the real deal or just a lot of hype
0: yeah i think that one of the things that i would do is when you're calling the call center find out whether or not they answer the phone Um, the other thing is is find out the technician that's coming out are they just looking at treating outside the house which is what many of them do right now because it's easy and simple rather than identifying really what the source of the problems is because a good a good pest inspector good pest technician is going to actually use a flashlight and find the source of those insect issues and be be able to use spot chemicals in order to take care of those issues oftentimes it's you know it's water under a sink or they found a food source somewhere and that's what they're feeding on but if they're just spraying outside so you really need to be comfortable with the uh, technician kind of coming up with the treatment plan do you find some
1: exterminators will charge more for the same services
0: yes is that it is
1: a problem so you want to shop around is Is there anything any is there any place that you can go to get that information without having it skewed by one group or another
0: no i'm the reviews are are a source but i I would really i mean there's some good local uh exterminators there's you know there's national folks um you know i i don't i don't use them myself but yeah there's some there's some good local ones but it's uh it's an interesting it's an interesting business but yeah check reviews and i would just, honestly i would just call them and the people that you talk to because there's some you'll get them on the phone you'll you'll feel very comfortable that they are confident in what they're doing pretty quickly others you're just gonna get into a call center that do nothing other than schedule appointments
1: got it If you want to see a copy of this radio show, you can go to louisvilleanswers.com. It'll take you to our YouTube channel where you can watch the video version of this radio show. My thanks to Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They come in as a team. You can reach them at 844-411-TEAM. Also, Lee Harris, legal counsel, limestone title and escrow. And you can reach her on her cell phone, 649-7964. And if you're thinking of selling, you can reach out to me, come out free, no obligation consultation. We just talk about what the process is. Or you can call me, we'll talk on the phone, or do a Zoom call. You can reach me at three seven We're out of time. See you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.